Hey everybody, it's Derek here and I'm joined by my comrades Sean, Sarah, and Jordy. And today what we wanted to talk about was the theory and praxis behind dumpster diving. And so, yeah, at first, um, before we get into the meat of it, we kind of wanted to talk about uh, what I'm calling the dumpster diving ethos, or I guess the reasons that we do it in the first place. Um, so yeah, we, we've compiled a little list of different reasons why we would want to do that. Um, so we'll go over them one by one. And so the first thing, by making use of free discarded things, you are saving money for yourself. And yeah, we'll talk about a little more about things that we found that definitely uh, saved us money. Um, the next one being depriving exploitative institutions, you know, namely all uh, capitalist corporations, basically, from money that they don't deserve. So that like, when you're saving money, not only is that it's for you, but it's also not for them. Yeah, someone want to take the next bullet point? Yeah, like I think, like the last one, like Derek was saying, I like to think of it as like rejecting consumerism and helping to develop strategies to be able to reject consumerism. Obviously, like uh, things had to be bought in the first place, but still to replace things that would be bought brand new is a good deed, I think. Yeah, redu oh, yeah, reducing so demand, right? Yeah, reducing yeah. the demand on yeah, on the note of reducing the demand, like um for me especially, like I like junk food. I don't want to support those corporations with my money. Exactly. Uh, if I personally choose individually to eat junk food for the dumpster, uh, you know, like I just don't feel as bad. I don't I don't know why, like, but I didn't give them money for it. So it's sometimes less, you'll find fiery discount Cheetos with Bible verses on the package in theory. <laughs> <laughs> um also i guess i can talk about this now like someone in thailand or ecuador or wherever like farmed this mango or this like avocado from mexico or whatever like for pennies on the dollar and it's just getting thrown out um this restaurant like it's selling it for way more than it's worth and it just got thrown out like if that's usable, that's great. And it's really messed up yeah. how much of it is not usable. Like there's so much. Oh yeah. It's, there's there's such high exploitation foods, and there's so much of it is wasted. Yeah. Anyway. And the same goes for goods too. Really, I mean, you know, yeah, goods manufactured in places, stock the shelves. You know, whatever popular new thing fills the shelves. But at the end of the day, like once there's a new popular thing that needs to take up that space, maybe some stuff goes to like you know uh, warehouse outlet type things or gets sold through some other means or whatever. But like largely, those things get thrown away. So it's like we're creating like a huge amount of things. Right. So yeah, um, the next thing that uh, Sarah pointed out, yeah, when. When you scavenge, you save things from going to the landfill. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they tear it all out and throw it in a dumpster and it goes to the landfill, like not even to be picked through and recycled or uh, anything like that, except for people like us, by people like us. But it just goes into the landfill, like to be buried over dirt and be sealed off forever to like never decompose. I mean, you know, wood, things that would be... Uh, compostable like go into the landfill and become not compostable and it's just crazy 
the landfill specifically is the worst of the worst. Like, so saving anything from a proper trash can is a good deed. All it's right. overall bad waste management. Yeah. And a lot of that, like we built our chicken coop from stuff we got for free. Um, like that's going to something cool rather than just filling up space somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that kind of leads into like the last little bullet point we put on reasons to do that is like for fun and creative endeavors, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which sound like kind of makes me feel a little weird because a lot of people um, will scavenge from dumpsters out of pure uh, necessity and deprivation. And then mm -hmm. like sounds weird for like Nita's because I'm just doing it for fun. But um, yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, I think though that that like, so um, one of our comrades here does dumpster diving to get to get art supplies and like uses a lot of the, the wires and stuff from electronics, a lot of things, a lot of cheap electronics get like left out around the time that um, semester, like the end of the college year is over or whatever. People just like ditch stuff from their dorms. He gets all kind of stuff. And I think, I mean, I don't know, people do, yes, people do it to survive. And I don't think that like art, like we also need art to survive. Yeah. And I don't know, like what better thing if we're gonna, we should be all making art, like art is part of a revolutionary practice. And if we're gonna make art, I don't know what better things to make art from than the stuff that is like, just has been deemed as junk. And like, we can make it mm. something that like enriches our environment. Yes. I, just, I also think that ties into our like dumpster diving ethics that we'll talk about later because we definitely be need to be aware of other people who rely on this agree yeah especially with like grocery stores bakeries uh food certain types of food dumpsters or like free free food resources where it's like regularly getting uh left out good food in those cases i think yeah a lot of cases like that people do literally go get it like as if a food bank or something like that or as if grocery shopping and so it definitely is a real thing that people you that it, it can be a real food resource for people like you were saying the end of the semester thing it's funny like the flip sides of it it's like the worst of like uh around student neighborhoods and yeah colleges at the end of the, the semester yeah it's like kids throw away i mean crazy stuff like my partner and I uh, came from Northern California and she would talk about them being in like Berkeley and just going around like the student dorm dumpsters and finding so much stuff. I mean, computers, like working computers and anything, this complete disposable culture where like people just come in for a while, like do what they do, need all these certain gadgets and things, and then just like really move on to the next and get, get new ones and whatever and stuff just gets left behind. And it's then- like they're getting every day from uh leftover from stores like pizzas or bakery goods just to have like food to eat every day i worked at maintenance at the university and kids would just throw away like xboxes tvs yeah. like Crazy. furniture it was absurd yeah yeah that's yeah it's funny that's like one of the i mean that's one of the main best things and so getting goods especially i think getting goods from dumpsters like from apartment or dorm dumpsters and such like that I think especially is um, kind of like safe bet because a lot of it is not ever making, no one's ever seen that trash mostly. You know, if you go around some like uh, alleyways of apartment complexes and whatever. Um, to summarize basically the dumpster diving ethos 
Um, I found a really nice quote from the website of the organization Food Not Bombs, where they say what their organization about is, um, we recover food that would have been discarded and share it as a way of protesting war and poverty. With 50 cents of every U.S. federal tax dollar going to the military and 40% of our food being discarded while so many people were struggling to feed their families, that we could inspire the public to press for military spending to be redirected to human needs. We also reduce food waste and meet the direct need of our community by collecting discarded food, preparing meals that we would share with the hungry, while providing literature about the need to change our society. And now, so because I just uh, quoted from Food Not Bombs, I also need to um, say the same disclaimer that they have on their website, that the food that they give out at Food Not Bombs events does not come from dumpsters. They make arrangements to collect the food to prevent it from like going into the garbage can first, because obviously otherwise there would be severe, uh, you know, legal repercussions. And contamination. Like and contamination concerns. Potentially, sure. yeah. Doing it on that scale, you'd eventually hit some sort of right. salmonella outbreak. Yeah, and uh, speaking of food not bombs, um, everyone listening to this, I would highly encourage you to check out that organization, um, see if there's any way that you can contribute or um, even if there's a chapter nearby that you can donate to, I would highly recommend that. Yes. All right. So the second part of our conversation, we just wanted to talk about like the physical praxis, the skills, the experiences that we've had, some finds that we might have found before, that we might have uh, come across in the past. And um, basically other things we would need to know about actually doing the thing. So yeah, yeah, um, you've, you've kind of already mentioned a few uh, unique finds. Um, I guess like there's there's a, the chainsaw video that yeah, we're putting geez. up with this. I know, yeah, we can make a new one if we want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we found uh, a chainsaw. I mean, I actually found two different chainsaws, not even in the same dumpster, like separate times and separate, separate places. Found two different chainsaws. One is maybe probably broken, seems like maybe broken more, but the other one seemed not so bad and it wouldn't start. But uh, just yesterday for the first time, I got it to start a little bit and then got it to start fully. And we have a video, yeah, like I thought it was just gonna sputter out, but then it just kept running. And so the video is of me then like, you know, extremely joyfully like waving my arms around with the chainsaw and stuff. <laughs> With no chain attached but yeah so it's like a chainsaw an old old type saw like kind of mostly all metal like minimal plastic casing around the outside so it was not beat up or broken from the fall into the dumpster and uh like the spark plug was like messed up i don't know too much about engine stuff lately because of the dumpster though and especially because of this chainsaw i've been <laughs> researching about it and learning about it and so I was able to, yeah, like get a new spark plug and, uh, you know, take it apart, like clear out the carburetor. Um, like, yeah. And just really, it was really minimal, like pretty much that's all I did and clean it out well, and then put it back together and have to like put gas in to prime it. You know, it didn't have like a bulb anyways, the saw works now and it's like an actual nice saw. It's an old saw that you can't even just go buy, but, uh, my chainsaw that I lost some time around like my moving out here from california got left behind uh was smaller and less nice of a saw for sure and was like hundreds of dollars and i was already really thinking how i needed needed a saw a chainsaw as for around here getting firewood and whatnot and then we found one and now it just totally works like it's an actual fully functioning awesome pretty big saw as big as i would need 
And so I'm very happy about that. It's like probably my most uh, exciting, I don't know if it's really my most exciting dumpster find, but it feels like, like it's pretty cool. It like was a thing that was not working, but it's a cool thing. And then now it's actually a working, working thing anyways. And we can use it to create a lot of value for ourselves. Like the firewood collecting. I mean, that's a real thing. Like if you don't have a chainsaw, you can't really just go get free firewood from the mountains or cheap firewood with permits from the government from the mountains. But with a chainsaw, you can. So, I mean, that's a good score. There are so many like perfectly good tools that get thrown away that and like any dumpster yeah. diver who goes out there on a regular basis will find the most amazing, like yeah. a lot of the time, like vintage tools, like yeah. which yeah, you might have mixed feelings about like how useful they always are in your life. But a lot of them are like perfectly good condition. Um, and I guess aside from unique finds, really just like the more day-to-day accumulating finds can be really profitable to yourself as well. If you have chickens or goats or rabbits or anything, you can utilize um, like grocery store dumpsters to get like perfectly good produce. Like people like stores will like throw away a a sack of uh, potatoes because it like got dropped. So like if you can imagine like a potato rolling out of a sack onto a concrete floor, um, if that happened at your house, you would just rinse it off and use it. And when that happens at a warehouse or a store, they're just going to throw it away. Um, so yeah, you can potentially um, save yourself, you know, hundreds of dollars, um, you know, you know, an infinite amount of dollars over any given period of time by um, supplementing your animals' diets with perfectly good produce you can find in dumpsters. Um, yeah, I have like a couple things. So I want to go back to the tool thing real quick, which is that, or, or appliances generally also, is that like, if you're trying to learn how to work on that kind of stuff, like a lot of it, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a good opportunity to see if you can repair something like it's low stakes, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. If it doesn't end up working, like no big deal. And like you learned, you learned some stuff. Um, but then also like on the chicken thing, like that's a good thing also to like, if people ask, if you, people ask you what you're doing and that's usually that is mostly what we're doing is getting like produce scraps for the chickens. But if you just, a lot of times, if your answer is that you're looking for, for, you know, feed for your, for your animals or your dog, like your dogs or your farm animals or whatever, mm-hmm. like people are way less upset about it. Yeah. You're like, I'm looking for my dinner. Yeah, that's true. It's, a, yeah. it's like someone else is dumpster diving and you're looking for chicken scraps. You should probably let them go ahead. Right. I, yeah. That's, that's like, true. Yeah. like just for my and Sarah's personal consumption and stuff that we've just found in there, there was like hundreds of dollars of meat. We found cheesecakes, like mm-hmm. regular cakes. Yeah all kinds like donuts from a certain donut shop the only donut like, shop yeah i mean if you're hungry that's yeah. that's good donuts go because their donuts aren't worth paying for <laughs> i didn't yeah. name them figure it out prepared food is is great most of the grocery stores have delis and they often will have like all you know a lot of that stuff in the same like we found chicken and stuff mm. uh yeah i feel like the only disclaimer is that like it, I feel like it goes without saying, but just in case, like never eat the dumpster sushi. Maybe don't. Yeah. Eat. 
Don't eat unless it's unless it's a vegan sushi. Yeah, the veggie yeah, sushi. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, if you've seen on our Facebook page the chicken coop that we've recently built, one hundred percent of the materials, maybe barring things like screws and nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. just came from a salvage. Not necessarily dumpster diving, like just like us finding creative ways of using our own things that we didn't need. Like when we ripped off the roof of the shed that we turned into the greenhouse, we repurposed that roof. Mm -hmm. Um, The walls are made of pallets that we were given permission to collect um, from a certain source that we have access to. Um, The insulation that we used were from the seats of this bus that Jordy and Madison have uh, bought for themselves. So we pulled the foam out of these school bus seats and stuffed it inside these pallets. And it felt amazing to see this perfectly good building for our chickens come to us basically for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure the hinges even were actually from the dumpster because oh, really? I got a door, like some closet door from a dumpster, uh, like a construction demolition dumpster and took the hinges off and had those hinges for it. So yeah, even like some of the hardware. And then yeah, the bus floor was the walls, but no, that's a that's a cool one. And the pallets, I'll just give a note on pallets. Like pallets is generally, if you do the work of just like, kind of think about where would use pallets. I mean, like lumber yards, anywhere that's getting like big shipments of like stuff all the time, warehouses for sure. Uh, if you need pallets, cause I'll see sometimes pallets being sold by people maybe on Craigslist or something, but uh, I've seen it before anyways. You can find free pallets somewhere. Then you don't have to like get them out of a dumpster or get broken ones. You could just hopefully look around, find some big box store or anything really usually has pallets. Yeah, I think all of our coops have been made out of repurposed structures, but this mm-hmm. new one seems like just by using foam and pallets seems like one of our best coops. Um, it's really amazing what you can do with just stuff you find around. It's true. And just real quick, and yeah, insulation from old clothes and whatever, not like that. Like, uh, yeah, this guy I knew that would, he was like the Cobb kind of guy, authority of the area where I, where I grew up. And uh, so I knew him and he had this trailer Cobb house that he made. And he told me it was only 1200 bucks total, basically to buy the Harbor Freight trailer. And it was pallet framed walls stuffed with trash he said garbage but meaning like you know not like actual rotting garbage obviously like but yeah paper clothes he said there was like an old sleeping bag stuffed into the pallets um and that that was like the whole insulation and then it was just plastered over so you could definitely get creative with it and like yeah if you need to insulate something i mean it's not fire safe so probably don't like insulate your house with it but really like yeah if you need to add insulation to something or anything old clothing any type of trash newspaper and what like stuff like that. So I'm curious, what do you think would uh, constitute as like a dumpster diving code of conduct? You know, as far as interacting with um, fellow divers or other people who you might come across. I think the first and most important one is be safe. Like, you know, don't, don't like jump into a dumpster without proper like gear on. Um, Mm. like you should have decent shoes if you can, right? Like have gloves if you can, like, yeah, don't get in if you don't think you can get out. Yeah. That's a really important one, especially in the winter. Um, it's ideal to have, have a, 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 like a buddy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, just like, and know your, know your limits in your body. Right. Like, 
don't like I'm not the jumper in the dumpster like that is Sean's job <laughs> and I take the things from outside the dumpster and like you know let's, we have a we have a system right don't, like play to your strength <laughs> exactly don't jump on bags like just because they look soft yeah, don't <laughs> jump freely onto a bunch of bags that look like they're filled with soft things that could have sharp sharp nice, metal pieces in them uh definitely like yeah but like scope it out and like yeah exactly uh yeah you don't need special gear like uh, i get what sarah's saying but like you know if you can have boots or stuff is good definitely but you can or do just being careful of checking out the scene make sure you're stepping down like lower yourself slowly onto you know between bags where you can see also like if you simply have a stick with a hook on the end uh, that can make your life so much uh, easier if you were uh potentially like trying to pull a box of produce at the back corner of the dumpster toward you and that could um make it so you don't actually have to get in mm -hmm. you can get creative like whatever you can find like hose mm -hmm. uh grabbers yeah. those grabbers yeah. for like elderly people and stuff if oh. you can't things like i've seen people with all kinds of different like tools that they've either mm. made or like a purpose yeah Maybe a stick with a magnet on the end yeah so magnets like we're gonna do it we're gonna start making some cool like gear like special you know specialized gear uh <laughs> i think it'd be fun like my partner's mom sent me a christmas print like they had gotten me some like random you know knickknacks for like some holiday gift thing but we ended up not going out there so we got this package in the mail and it's like just this awesome like you know uh it's funny stuff like perfect dumpster diver gear like there's these like little like two finger gloves that just like have lights on them so it's like just lighting up whatever you're doing with your thumb and forefinger kind of thing and like can't shine it in your face and you have your hands free and like or but a flashlight that telescopes out like a, an antenna wand and is a magnet on the front of the flashlight head so you can like shine the light at something and then magnet pick it up with this wand uh it's pretty cool and there's random gadgets and gear you could make that definitely like i mean just find some magnets and stick them on the end of a stick or something yeah yeah dumpster dive a grabby claw and then use the grabby claw to get stuff out of the dumpsters later i think yeah those all sound amazing i think um as far as the ethics go like it's okay, fun right. to help people out like um if you're just getting stuff for chickens and someone else is there like go over and like say hey what like can i get you anything out of the dumpster like um what do you need like i'm just like just interact I'm, with people and i'm just using my able-bodied privilege to push back yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah like split like if you've gotten prepared food like this has happened before like get several pizzas or something and then like see that someone else is just coming or is kind of like a anyways someone who is down with free food you can split it or like you know like somehow fairly like distribute amongst some group of people definitely like be willing to split whatever you just got like food wise any amount of ways with other people who also are hungry for food just in general don't take more than you need um is also a go good rule of thumb yes uh sean what you were saying yes, before so. though really um makes it evident that like scavenging like this can be a really good community building opportunity mm -hmm. find like-minded people in the dumpster yeah, I've met like people have found love in dumpsters. Haven't really followed through with people, but I've met so many people just hanging out by the dumpster. Mm -hmm.
Nice. Um, and sometimes like catching them again, uh, I'm sure there's like following through with that would be cool, but um, it's still really cool to just meet pe- people from the community. A uh, question I have as we start wrapping up is, so like, is dumpster diving a crime? Have we been encouraging people to break the law on our podcast and, uh, and or admitted to being criminals? <laughs> Nobody looking at us at first. Uh, um, yeah, me, uh, it depends on the locality, right? Technically, typically anything that is locked, you can't like you can't mess with that. If it's in a fenced or like a gated like area, like you can't anything that seems like it would be considered trespassing, right? Like some municipalities and counties and states have specific laws, so you really just have to check for each location mm-hmm. um, and see what what it is. Um, and you can tell who's chill with it because they will have dumpsters that are unlocked and, um, and places that aren't will like compact their trash and you can't access it. Yeah. I think that some places definitely don't care. I've seen like at the very least the cops drive by while I've been like physically inside a dumpster and they just kept on driving. So at the very least it's a low enforcement priority, um, yeah did you say you had yeah especially in especially in cities urban especially in urban places like it's pretty safe that and as long as exactly they're dumpsters that are like clearly in like an alley or something where it's public space and the dumpster is just in the public space and is technically public property once it's put into the dumpster so yeah uh, that's pretty safe i think from most most people aren't going to mess with that uh I, i i found a thing that says yeah no dumpster diving is technically legal in all 50 states i believe that's as of still now um and what's the best thing to do if a cop or store owner comes out uh telling you to get the hell out of there um i think like in cases where you can't just be like this is just for my chickens like um i remember auntie fa and i were um getting some carts from that we thought were fair game and someone came out and was like what the hell man you guys can't just take these um and we just like put put them all back like just like if someone challenged you on something like just be be reasonable and like um accommodating or whatever like jordy was saying yeah, yeah you don't want to make things harder yeah, no, for yourself yeah. or yeah. other divers just yeah. by being obstinate yeah definitely don't make it a problem or try to ever get get crazy with them like again i mean whatever i also want to sorry i'm going to interrupt you for a no, second Jordan, to supplement that 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 assessment of it's usually fine the cops drove by and didn't stop me like it's not a big deal people probably won't yell at you like we are for white people yeah, um true. all this gender true. and like mm-hmm. passing gender mm-hmm. um and stuff and so like take that for what you know with a mm-hmm. grain of like disclaimer of like not yeah may not sure. universally apply no yeah <laughs> that's, that's yes yes that is true and that's why we need to organize and make this type of practice accessible and also uh somehow reasonable seeming because yeah no i've had a lot of friends who uh weren't that and like yeah definitely i was talking to Derek about this the other day it's real people the cops would straight get at some like if there's a really like a per any person of color probably yeah, any, a dumpster, they will get cops at them as if they're like trying to rob the stores 
Yeah. And I think too, like, it's a good um, opportunity for solidarity in that case of like, um, if, if there are, if you have comrades or people in your community, that are more marginalized, whereas like that would be a risky activity for them. If you have neighbors that, you know, have needs, like mm -hmm. pick up, pick up stuff that you know that they'll use like it do you know what I mean like it yeah. you know it's the thing of like let's be considerate that other people won't have the same experience mm -hmm. and if we're mostly going to be fine to do it then then let's like make use of that to serve our communities you know yeah yeah were there any uh closing remarks anyone wanted to say before we wrap this up I'll just say real quick yeah yeah like Sarah just said like really and we should I mean, I will try to heed this. Like we should, uh, yeah, use dumpster diving to like satisfy real needs for other people. Like if you have community around you, neighbors, family, uh, whatever, like give them things that are things that they usually buy, like, you know, actually supply, like, kind of like, uh, what is circumvent their need to consume things. And uh, if you have the energy and time and whatever to be doing this a lot, yeah, get, get at it and like try to change your community by, injecting it with free things that people actually need and actually use and start like really truly changing the way we consume things like in a basic and fundamental way be cool we should do it everyone go anything from sean and sarah i have a dream of like having a, a like an organization that's like part dumpster diving team and like part like reclamation and like part community like like organization and redistributions it's like let's put goodwill let's have like let's have like dumpster diving and collecting people's stuff and like put goodwill out of business yeah right? yeah no donations like, of money necessary like, just things it's like instead of the for-profit right. machine right, it's just like managed by members of the community and like right. like just like funded you know like just enough to like meet those people's needs like all right um thank you everyone listening to this uh, for joining us and we hope to see you out there in the alley haha ha, jk but you know whatever <laughs>
having to be outside, but that's capitalism for you, baby. The way it happened is with the Omicron variant being more contagious, there's been a huge increase of Omicron cases across the state of Wyoming. But the thing is, it hit my workplace. And keep in mind, I'm the most paranoid of all my coworkers. I'm the one who does the most disinfecting. I do the most hand washing, um, making sure that there's always hand sanitizer available, making sure I have a mask on, staying far away from anybody who has no mask on. I fear that the customers would be the issue because we're not required to require masks, but they are encouraged. It ended up being my coworkers that I should have been afraid of. And it's not like I hold a grudge or anything, but kind of mad. So it was the first Tuesday of the new year. And I had just had a shift when one of my coworkers later in the day texted me and said, Hey, so um, it turns out that I have COVID. I tested positive and I need someone to cover my shift, which is a little awkward when you consider I just had a shift with her just that day and the Friday before. And so I panicked about it for two days, made sure that I had the ability to go get tested, make sure I was um, not possibly spreading it to anyone else. And I finally get my test results back about three days later. And of course I was positive, so wasn't able to go to work, immediately went into isolation. But before I got the news, it wasn't just that one coworker. I had three other people ask for people to cover their shifts, two of which had said they either had symptoms or suspected they had COVID. And by the time I heard any updates, I had found out seven of our coworkers were out because of COVID. Luckily, we're all back and it's not quite as hectic as it was before. And I like being out now. <laughs> but at the same time, it was frustrating because I have really bad rejection sensitivity dysphoria you know, a symptom of ADHD, um, in which even if it's not my fault, I get severe anxiety about being a people pleaser. And so when I found out that I had COVID and I was worried about the possibility of exposing everyone to it, I got extremely worried. But luckily, everyone or most of everyone on the collective has tested negative for COVID. So that's good. So I had to be reassured, like, it's not your fault. You didn't know that you had COVID. And on top of that, it's capitalism's fault you've got COVID, which that is true. If I had never gone off the property, I wouldn't have gotten COVID. I was able to keep myself busy, but, you know, that's for a different discussion. Otherwise, we're just slowly returning back to socialization outside of the basement and not 20 feet away from other people outside. Honestly, just like as soon as I found out that you were exposed to COVID, yeah, I just sort of felt like, oh, shit. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, we interact enough where it's like, I felt like if I was going to get it, I would have gotten it from you just because how quickly this just all spreads. Yeah. Because people are talking about like, like, we're thinking, oh, 15 minutes, that should be, like, 15 minutes, and people are like, no, it's even faster than that. Just like, in, like a lot of people are saying, no, it's faster than that, it's just like, this is so much worse. <laughs> and then it's just the fact that, like, everyone keeps saying, oh, no, you can't do this, because this is gonna happen just because of how quickly everything works, it's just like... 
if I got it, I got it, and I just gotta accept it. But that's like a harsh reality, really, yeah, to like just accept. Because luckily for both of us, like we like we didn't get symptoms that you know impacted our ability to do much. Like the last time I had COVID was in June, and that was because um, it spread through my family like wildfire. But like I was completely asymptomatic. If I wasn't told by like my grandparents and parents that you know there was the possibility of COVID, um, I wouldn't have ever suspected I had it. But that was during the Delta variant, so... Mm. I just remember when it first started, I had... When I was actually, like, working in a retail store, I actually had a customer to ask, what are you going to do if you ever get COVID? And I'm literally like, I'm just going to have to accept it. And th- she's like, oh, that's kind of depressing. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, but I'm stuck in a building like this. And it's a Saturday, and I've had 20 people pass through here, caught, like, I have 20 people just, like, cough and then handed me their credit card, and they don't even know that they're sick or anything. It's like, you literally, that like, you can't do anything, because it's like, you're gonna be yelled at or some yelled at or shamed if you, like, complain about it. And just like, yay, capitalism and narcissism. Yay. Luckily for me, like, my boss wasn't, I didn't work during the time I had COVID because I had just like put in my two weeks, didn't finish out my two weeks because, you know, I was making my plans to get over here. Luckily, I wasn't working, but at the same time, I can't even imagine what I would have done because my last job was way more strict about like sick days, vacation, taking time off, etc. than my current job, which Literally, I didn't have to use any of my sick days. I looked at my last pay stub, and it still says I have a couple of sick days accrued from the last couple of months of work. So, thankfully, my boss is amazing. Granted, that doesn't mean she's, you know, guilt-free, but, you know, when it's a small local business, you can't really be mad at anything. But at the same time, you know, I'm kind of frustrated with everything. It's like, why did I even have to go out and do this job at all? Literally just because I want to make sure that I've got something in my bank account just in case something goes wrong. But that's just the reality for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people end up just having to suck it up and end up going back to work. Like, especially with the new CDC guidelines. When that changed right before we got sick, I was concerned with how I was going to go back to work because for the fact that Wyoming has the least pop, like least populated state out of the entire country, we seem to be having a lot of cases. And most people, even people who usually wear a mask, just are absolutely refusing to do so and are just so desperate to get back to quote unquote normal that they'll just go into full on denial. Luckily, my boss was nice, um, and she let me take more than five days off in order to make sure that I was at least somewhat recovering from it so I wasn't being the next typhoid Mary in the workplace. Angel so far hasn't been called back into his job, um, but he has told his boss, like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, I'm pretty sure I'm negative. I'll be able to come in at some other point. But why do I need to go in at all? (laughs) And that's not even the worst part. The worst part was just trying to pass the time. Like, I was able to keep myself busy, but I don't know about you. Angel's just been playing WWE. (laughs) Like, I think, I forget which game it is, but it's one of the more recent ones. Like, literally just day in and day out. He'll stay up till 5 a.m. if you give him the choice just to play WWE. I'm going to say it's like 
just because of I don't I know I did get something, so I'm assuming I got like a cold just because of the symptoms I got. Coughing and sore throat, so I'm going to assume it was just probably like a cold and not COVID. Even though I feel like those symptoms do kind of overlap, it's it's very weird. I just remember I literally slept all day and I would just stay up to like like 5.30 in the morning, or 6, just because it's like, I just slept all day. I literally slept for 14 hours, I'm not gonna go to sleep. Which ultimately led to me, so it would be like 2 in the morning, and I'm literally just playing Doom on the Xbox. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fun game, so it's just like, yeah, I get to kill demons. No one can, no one can yell at me for being super violent and aggressive, despite my tendencies. <laughs> Mental tendencies, not actual tendencies. No. Hopefully. No, I am not tempted to literally curb stop the next person who angers me because they look at me funny. I mean, it would be not- it would- <laughs> Violent anarchist rage, I guess. I mean, it would be satisfying if they deserved it. However, this Point is a being. lot more legal. <laughs> yeah, it's just like- I'd essentially just like play Doom until like 4 in the morning and then like- I'd be like, oh shoot, I probably should write or something. You gotta be productive. That's all I've been trying to be. As we're recording this, I am actually working on a painting as of now. Um, Literally, I was like, I'm not spending a bunch of time in bed scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and raging at every far-right individual or left-wing individual I disagree with. Like, I'm gonna actually make some productive time out of my isolation here. I mean, that didn't stop me. Huh? I mean, that technically didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. The amount of times I've raged today alone from people on Twitter. Don't go on Twitter, kids. And adults. You too. No, it's literally a hellscape. I'm sorry. Like, you'd be better off literally jumping into hell because at least then it'd be justified. Like, I already go out and do community action, but the atmosphere of political Twitter makes me want to go out and punch a Nazi in the face just because I'm like, well, someone's got to do the action around here because no one does it. But that aside, art gallery is coming up in March, I believe. And the whole premise is queer art and like queer representation as well as queer treatment within Wyoming. And so a lot of the accepted like, themes that are allowed within, like, the galleries, like, I guess setup is, surrounds how LGBT people are treated within Wyoming, what a better future would look like, etc., etc. And so I've just been working on three paintings that I've been procrastinating on since November. I only have one of them done, and I would say technically it was the simplest one to do besides the eyes. The other two are based on queer negation, how we've basically made a messiah, a martyr out of Matthew Shepard, you know, but yet nothing's being done in Wyoming regarding queer rights and better treatment regarding queer people entirely. And so that was supposed to be the whole point of the paintings. And even, even in isolation, I still procrastinated on those paintings. Otherwise, I started a blanket where I do one stitch, like a one row of crochet to basically make a blanket that records my emotions. It's, which is coming along nicely. It hurts Sarah's eyes though. 
Which I don't blame you. The colors. I mean, it's just mostly the colors. It's just... And I didn't even pick the most vivid colors. I literally just picked what correlated to which emotion. I think it's just, like, the amount of space it is. Yeah. It's just very concentrated. (laughs) And if I wasn't doing that, um, I was beating new records at Left 4 Dead 2, because I'm going right back into my zombie hyperfixation. And as I said before, Angel's mainly been playing WWE, some of his other games... He, I don't want to say he's been not productive, but he's been his usual self. If he's not, or if he's not playing his video games or at work, he's on Twitter arguing with another person. But that's not out of the ordinary for him. In terms of like how we got by, um, we're really, really thankful for everybody else at the collective because we set up an entire Discord chat dedicated to the needs of anybody who's possibly exposed to COVID or people who are already in isolation. So we had one of our like previous members who's visiting by basically get us a decent array of things like instant pasta and rice um, to canned tuna, ramen, um, and a couple other things. Like we didn't just get like, trash food like we we got stuff that we can make legit food with um sarah's diet has mainly been mac and cheese it's easy and it's delicious man i don't blame you there so we've had like food that we can prepare throughout breakfast and lunch part of the day and then with our communal dinners at night we'll have like someone who's in charge of dinner or dishes that night set aside a plate for us and deliver it downstairs either through the laundry room or through the entrance to the living room which has actually been pretty convenient in my opinion please oh i was jokingly saying you're talking about procrastination before uh uh-huh. it's like don't feel too bad because literally i literally procrastinated for like two of those days on a project i actually wanted to work on like just for fun not for profit yeah and it's just like i should really do this it's just like how about we spend the next 24 hours laying in bed and just watching YouTube? Sounds about right. Yeah. Like, don't feel bad. My brain literally finds excuses to not do it. Why waste energy? Exactly. Also with the fact that Security Breach being released, you know, having to resurface all the Scott Cawthon controversies, you know, the game developer who made Five Nights at Freddy's, um, as well as... Being finding out how to enjoy the game without giving him money. And my methods so far have been watching Markiplier play it and just finding ways to watch the game without giving money to him. Well, you can do what all the weirdos do. Look at fan art. We don't go to that side of the fandom. But that's the fun side of the fandom. <laughs> no. You don't like the Markiplier fan art? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh... You don't say. No, 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 I mean, not even that. Just literally his pecs. They're like, they give him mommy milkers, man. He is fit, though. So. Yeah, but, like, he should not be having D-cups. We've had a couple of things, you know, to actually make sure that we've kept ourselves occupied. For me, staying productive. Um, otherwise... Everything else was just dealing with emotions by that point. And I don't know how to personally say that for myself, because, like, even I still avoid, you know, expressing loneliness. Listen, I was so busy with the rabbits. (laughs) I've been saying, have you ever tried 
taking care of a small seven small animals while you're literally trying not to suffocate because you forgot to drink water. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like I had a really bad sore throat like for three days. Uh-huh. And like it hurts to even drink water, but I had to. Otherwise yeah. I would get super dizzy. Yeah, it's called dehydration. Yeah, Sarah. but it's just like it's just like my throat was like, no, we don't need this. It's like my rest of my body's like, yes you do <laughs> But I had to take do that, somehow manage to, like, not choke on my own spit and take care of seven rabbits at the same time as they're literally looking and bouncing around their cage begging for food. Either that or... That's a that's an issue for a whole separate episode about their craziness, because... I'm just saying, it's like, it was not a fun time being sick and, like, that and dog who did not understand that... No... I could not go for a walk. It's like, sweetie, we got a social distance because we're sick. We're a biohazard to the rest of the collective. And he's just like, not me. <laughs> not me. It's like, I'm good boy. He's like, no, you're a disease vessel. It's like, I'm good boy. <laughs> I can't tell how our cats have reacted. Like, I don't know if they love the fact that there's more attention from us. Or if they wish we would just go back to work already. In terms of, like, COVID, though, as a collective, we've tried to take it way more seriously since. We already had pretty strict standards for when we wear masks in the house, who needs to be concerned about what, etc., etc. No one was like, yeah, I noticed that, like, during quarantine that he really does not like when people stomp around upstairs. Yeah. And for some reason, it's, like, been really bad this last week. Hmm. Like, no, he literally tried hiding under the coffee table. <laughs> when you went up there last? No, it's like, I'll be down here with him. And, like, someone will be stomping around, like, up, up right above our heads. Yeah. And we'll just, like, leave. But, yeah, like, we've pretty much upped our res- requirements. And even that is still kind of a concern. Um, but otherwise, with the right... Like, if, like, as long as people are actually following protocol, we should be fine. And so far, it has worked. But then again, it's in the early stages, so we really have no clue about that in particular. Yeah, because, like, I don't know how to feel about the fact that we've been in isolation for a while. I also had to tell someone, like, sorry, can't send your commission order because I make commission patches, like, for patch pants and jackets and stuff. I was like, sorry, I know you requested 20 patches, like, the other week. Um, but I have COVID, and although, like, there's a very unlikely chance that you'll get infected, I'm just gonna wait a while just to make sure, because I I would hate to have my one loyal customer get infected. (laughs) Two days ago, I was literally having an existential crisis over this situation, and now I'm over here like, yeah, everything's alright. I don't even know what I was upset about. (laughs) I'm already pretty out of the loop in terms of politics, like, I don't usually hear about certain things that happen until, you know, like, two days later. And it took me a while to realize that there was literally a hostage situation at a synagogue in Texas. Luckily, they all made it out alive, but I was like, how long was it going to take before I figured this out? I Like, I'm on the internet a lot now, now that I'm in isolation. How the fuck did I not know? And on top of that, also being able to have way more time to rage at politics while in isolation, which anybody who knows me would be like, 
rage at politics, Damien, you don't even have the mental capacity to read a book past 200 pages, which that would be wrong. That would be 100 pages. <laughs> but it doesn't stop me. So you can last that long? What? I'm still Either like, way, we still have to read. Yeah, I get that. It's just like, I'm good with a short story. And it's like, that's my week's quota. This is why I favor zines over 300 plus pages of revised books from men who are long gone and dead. So I just do the simple Wikipedia article. It's a lot easier. Not the original, the simple version. Yeah. And I also had the time to figure out, you should still not support Kellogg's. Because even though their strike has technically ended, none of their concerns were addressed. So until they give the workers what they deserve, we're boycotting them. The off-brand at Walmart was much tastier anyway. Dang, I really like those Frosted Flakes. I got some really nice off-brand Frosted Flakes, though. If anything, my favorite was the... I forget exactly what, they, what they're called, but they look like oats if you puffed them up a little bit and drizzle them in honey. Like... They're not- I don't think they're technically oats, though. Like, they're just oat-shaped. Like, it's basically Honey Nut Cheerios, but in a different shape, but it's, yeah. it's good. It's good. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, it annoys me, is that's the one, like, one that everyone either gets extremely right or extremely wrong. It's, mm. like, the Cheerio knockoffs. Yeah. Because, like, I think my parents got some like that before when I was a kid, and it was, like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it's just, like, so nasty. Even my parents were like, we'll just buy them. We'll just get coupons. <laughs> like, either it tastes like Raisin Bran, or it's even better than the original. Yeah. I think it was, like, it's either it tastes, like, good enough that you don't even care that's off-brand, or it's cardboard and chew in chewable form. Yeah. But otherwise, literally just occupying time is hard. So when I did, sleep and starve. It's just I ate a lot less. Like ate a lot less because I was just sleeping so much. It's like I literally went down to two meals, two meals a day. One when I woke up, and one right before bed. I just find it was really annoying. The fact I had to ask someone, I didn't ask for a lot of the stuff I thought I might need. Yeah, because like. We needed butter for the mac and cheese, and like it took I didn't me- even realize we needed it. Like yeah. I didn't think about it. No, like I've been wanting mac and cheese all day. Like, yeah, like, I'm gonna make some mac and cheese tonight, and that'll be my dinner. And I go to make it, and it says, "Yeah, you're gonna need this much butter and this much milk." And I'm like, "Right, we don't have butter." And it was like midnight. And it's just like there's no way anyone's gonna be up and be able to get that for me. No, it took me half a day after that to realize to actually ask. <laughs> He's just like, I don't want to ask. I've just learned what kinds of recipes I can make with ramen. I learned that there's also a creamy recipe where, like, you use mayo, milk, well, just a tiny bit of milk, not a lot of milk. You add the seasoning packet as well as any other seasonings you want. You boil your noodles like normal, and then you dump the pot of noodles with the water included into the bowl and stir and you get like a creamy like delicious mixture i tried it with just the milk it was good but i we didn't have mayo until a little while ago um we forgot to request that um but otherwise like can't complain about the food i mean it's not my normal but definitely was okay that was nice that they gave us jalapeno summer sausage (laughs) (laughs) that was the most interesting thing in the entire pantry it was like 
I mean, I'm not surprised it's a thing, but it wasn't too spicy. It's not even that spicy, but it's like if you have a sore throat, you will tell by that there are peppers in it. <laughs> I used, I just got a head cold symptom like for the first couple of days, and I was I, I haven't eaten it, but I was thinking it doesn't sound too bad to like try and clear out my sinuses. You you would have had to put some hot sauce on there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The heck, there's like things that I eat that aren't even spicy, and like my sinuses are like, yep, runny nose time. It's about efficiency, not so much about the taste. Hell, I could have made us uh, the poor man's sandwich. Literally just sauteed, no, not even sauteed, raw onions with butter on two pieces of bread. That would have made for an interesting lunch. What you mean? I lived on Hamburger Helper. But that's actually good. I mean,. Depending on what you get. Like, yeah. sometimes my mom would get, like, the really weird, like, instead of adding, like, ground beef, you would add, like, tuna, for example. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, some sort of pasta salad. And mm -hmm. it, you would have peas in there as well if you wanted. And my mom would always make it with peas, and it was disgusting. Like, my parents got mad at me for never eating it, but I was like, <laughs> it's nasty. Ew, y'all aren't even eating it. I just remember my parents. The cheesy shells yeah. are so good from Hamburger Helper, though. Like, it was, like, not giant, but big, like, shells yeah. with, like, cheese and a bunch of other stuff. It was so good. No, I just think it's funny is my parents would never buy that for us. Like, they really? Would, like, they'd be like, we have enough canned, we have enough canned vegetables here. We can make our own thing. And it's just like, maybe I want to try Hamburger Helper because I always see it on TV. No. I haven't seen a Hamburger Helper commercial in God knows how long. <laughs> oh, try forgetting that. Even though you have a wide variety of tea, because of other projects going on in the commune, you forget that the box that contained most of the tea, because of the bug treatment, isn't downstairs and it's actually upstairs. I still have not requested for it to be brought down, but I think at this point we can actually go upstairs and get it ourselves. Like, I went to go for, like, some sleepy time tea, because I needed help falling asleep, and it, I was like, oh no... <laughs> My caffeine-free, like, sleep aid is gone. Yeah, that would have been nice just because I brought a shit ton of peppermint tea. Oh, yeah. And everyone's just, like, saying, oh, either use green tea or peppermint tea. And it's like, the green tea was not doing anything for me. I don't even like green tea all that much. I mean, it just annoys me because, like, it's fine when it's not so hot it's gonna bo boil your tongue. Yeah. But that's only five minutes, and half the time I would miss it. And because we didn't have a microwave down here? Yeah, we just had an electric kettle and a... Basically, like, a stovetop thing that you would bring with you on, like, camping trips. Which isn't too inconvenient. It was pretty convenient, at least for me, but... It's just, like, one of those, like, single burners, like, things that you plug in. Yeah. But I would... I don't know, if I had to rate isolation on a scale of 1 to 5, not so much because of conditions, more so that I have to be in isolation at all and that I got sick, I would give it 2 misbehaved rabbits out of 5. It's like, it may just be the introvert in me, but I'd give it a 3. <sighs> like, it wasn't horrible, but yeah. I didn't like having no choice but to stay inside. Like, if I was just allowed to just exist the way we just did, I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I'm, like, not allowed at all outside is more like, well, not, not, like, not in the fields, but, like, 
socialize with anyone else. Yeah. It's like I give it a three just because it's like it actually kind of gave me an excuse to actually like not worrying about socializing. True. Because sometimes I feel like just the amount of people like here that I should socialize more. But this is sort of like I realized, okay, we all kind of have our own circles, so I don't have as much pressure to like socialize with people just because I haven't seen them in like a week. Yeah. <clears throat> Please support us at patreon.com slash solidarityhouse.